Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody? Here's up in depth. Here to scrounge up some news, Jeremy. This is a tough week. It's been a tough week. Um, we just did the main show Thursday, and then it was the secret show. So I sort of have, you know, plumbed the depths of uh, of whatever news bin I get my news out of. This was this was a challenging day today, but I think we're going to have a good one anyway. Well, the challenge it's a challenging day. You plumbed the depths. There isn't even anything going on, so it was like you were plumbing the shallows. <laughs> I, my, I'm worried about this show for one reason is because. I really do make an effort not to be too negative. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. this is me holding back lately. Same. I agree. Lot- I, I agree, and I get that same vibe. I'm trying to do the same thing because, you know, yeah, spice I don't it up a little just, bit. Yeah, I just don't want to have this be Kvetch session yeah. 2023. But I, so I am, but I'm a little miffed. So I have some things to say. But instead of doing any sort of rant, I'm really trying to hold back tonight. I, I don't want to rant. I want to form a cohesive, cogent argument and leave it without ranting. You know, that's it, what I'm going to try to do. It would be interesting to try and chart the sort of progress of a of your average Disneyland fan or Disney fan. Like, I, I I wouldn't say we're Disney maniacs by any means, like Disney parks maniacs. I yeah. think we're maybe on the high end of of um, interest level in the parks, but I wouldn't say we're like you know, go all the time. Like we're not super freaks about it. We, we People wouldn't call us Disney adults. I, I don't, I don't feel right. That sort of term where guess, our house is covered in merch and we buy all the pins and all the souvenirs and all the buckets. And we go to all the events we do all the, like, we're not, you know what I mean? We're not fanatical about it. Right. But it's, so it would be interesting though. You to, say, as you sit in front of a wall covered in, well, look, man, I had to rearrange. <laughs> like if you see the rest of my room, it is not like this at all. It's all just for show. Right, it's the wall. It's the show wall. Right, yeah. The rest is just Chippendale souvenirs. Um, <laughs> um, it would be interesting to like chart the, the 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 trajectory of of a Disneyland fan over the years, right? Of like, oh, I'm really passionate about it. The more I learn about it, now I'm really into it. And then you start. The more you pay attention to Disney news specifically, the more sort of jaded you get. Because the company right. that you love so much is doing X, Y, Z that you don't care for, that you think is ruining things, that's bad. Plus yeah. being online, like, you know, both uh, I'm terminally online usually. So I think a lot of that spills through. A lot of opinions kind of comes through and you have to filter those out. And, and then eventually you calm down and you go, okay, whatever. And then you sort of don't know what to do with your misplaced anger and rage. And so you just <laughs> swallow it. And then eventually you end up going back to the parks. You know, yeah. there's like a there's a there's an arc. There's a it's more like a wave. It's definitely up and down for me, for sure. I like, suppose I was super into it, and then like I said, the more you learn about it, the more news you hear about what the company itself does, and you separate the park from the company. That's where bad things happen. That's where bad vibes live. Yeah. Speaking of bad vibes, 
I'm wearing new deodorant today and it smells so bad. Like I, there's the problem with buying deodorant is you can't test it. Uh, no. You have to just roll the dice and trust that you, that cool fresh <laughs> is cool fresh and not awful. Why don't you get unscented? First of all, I don't wear deodorant, so I, I don't know anything about it. I haven't worn deodorant in like 15 years. So what happens? Nothing. I don't, I don't stink. Well, that's nice. That's what Taryn says. And when I ask her, I used to ask her all the time when I stopped wearing deodorant, I was like, do I smell? And she goes, no, I don't, you know, whatever. So no one's ever told me. So if you're ever around me and you like come up to me and go, give me a big whiff and be like, hey, dude, yeah, here's some deodorant. Or, yeah, let me know. Just let me know. Give me the smell test and let me see if mm-hmm. I, you know, tell me if I smell or not. I don't know. It's That's interesting. I haven't ever noticed that you smell and I have been around you before. And it's because also my head is pretty much right at your armpit height. So it's true. That's why I we're probably friends. would have uh, smelled that. Yeah. But I didn't. It's not even, it's not deodorant. It's antiperspirant. I want to clog the pores as much as possible. And it's so bad but, for you, though. I know, but I know. at this point, the way this smells, I'd rather have BO. <laughs> you know who else is like that? Taryn. Taryn used to buy, she, she buys like the worst, you know, female deodorant and she thinks it smells cool. It's like cool cucumber <laughs> or cucumber. It's like what, I don't know what it is about like cucumber and, and, you know, feminine products like deodorant and lotions or whatever, where it's like, I mean, you know, not deodorant and lotion, like that's just purely feminine, but you know what I mean? Like in the like, secret for women, it's pH balanced yeah. or whatever. And it's, just, it's like bright cucumber. It's like, what is this? This smells like the weirdest candle that you find in the discount rack at Target. It's just not good. I don't know. Cool fret. Whatever this dove thing I'm wearing is no good. I got to go back to my right guard uh, Irish spring. Yeah, there you go. So that's why I'm a little out of sorts. Well, I get that, man. God, I was going to say <laughs> I was gonna say something to you before the show. And I was like, no, I'm going to hold on to it. And then I, and I, I lost it. Um, speaking yeah. of previous hey, show. Gotta, yeah, go ahead. I got to... Uh, this is sort of news, news yeah. related, but like more of a rumor, yeah. but not about something coming to the parks. This is what I'm hearing is going on in the parks. Oh, like an active thing. Okay, let's go. So I have a friend who has a friend who works in the parks and apparently at some of the quick service restaurants in the Magic Kingdom in Florida, the sort of like tertiary condiments like mayonnaise and ranch and things like that, like not ketchup and mustard, but they're not being put out. They're being held back so that you have to ask for them. And on top of that, allegedly they're being told to keep track of how many they give out. And behind the counter is a white piece of paper with tally marks next Mm. to the kind of, mayonnaise ranch or whatever they've given out that day they're keeping track that's what's going on according to reports people who work there that is i believe it but it's shocking to me that's a that's a company in decline that is that is some serious business they are really struggling it, that that's that's a sign of a struggling business. Nobody counts mayonnaise packets. Nobody keeps track of ranch packets. You give me 10 Give me one. However, the customer, however many the customer wants. I mean, I guess that's what they're doing. But like, to to make that an extra step, and these are the things. This is kind of what I'm saying, right? The more you learn about the parks, the more kind of nonsense they put you through. Now you have to go and go to the condiment station, 
and then look yeah. around and go, oh, there's no ranch, and you have to go wait back in line, I guess, I imagine, yeah. and then go, hey, I just want some ranch, and then they have to – it's like, dude, why? I don't know what this is about. It just seems penny wise and pound foolish to me. Like you're spending all this money to re-theme Pacific Wharf, but don't give out the condiment. Like <laughs> how about just let us have mayonnaise? Right. Anything. So, that's the latest thing. I I literally Ooh. that's hot off the presses. That's within the last two hours I've gotten that. Wow. Is that um what park is that? Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom. All it's right. a, it's definitely happening at Cosmic Rays and some other quick service places. Good gravy. Speaking of allegedly, uh, allegedly, right? Yes. Speaking of hot off the presses, yeah. we did a show on Thursday with uh-huh. RGH. He sat in. Or he did the show. It was about Genie Plus. Oh wow! Because he used, he's used Genie Plus on both coasts a lot, right? So he's like, "Hey man, you want me to come on and we'll talk about?" It. I was like, "Yeah," because I still know nothing about it. It's one of those secret <laughs> societies where you have to like you have to pass it to know what's in it. It's kind of that thing. <laughs> you got like you got to buy it. And then you can figure out exactly how you use it. Yeah, but let me tell you something. I've bought it and used it, and I still don't get it. I couldn't tell you how it works. <laughs> well, RGH ran through it, and uh, he mentioned something. We're talking about how it works or when you can buy it or something like that in Disney World. Friday morning rolls around. Disney World makes this big announcement about how they're changing Genie Plus and all that kind of stuff. So we'll talk about that. But yeah, talk about how to off the presses. You're like, man. Uh-huh. Okay. Here we go. I guess that's... There's, Things are changing, and apparently it's, like, more confusing. We'll get into it, but just more uh, hoops, the more things to think about before you visit, before you buy it. That's all they do. They think they're making it better, and actually they're just making it more and more confusing. Yeah. That's what happens. Melinda's in the chat. She says people waste those packets. They do it at McDonald's. I mean, and that that does make sense, and, I, you know, maybe, maybe they um, – I'm trying to find the justification there, and maybe that's what it is. It's like to reduce landfill waste, you know, maybe because they sort of see them in the trash all the time or whatever, and go, "Hey, look, we're you know we're wasting too many of them" or something like that. But maybe put them on the in the pump. Well, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, give us the pumps. Give us the <laughs> pump me, pump me. I need it. I need to be pumped. I want yeah, to pump maybe her. people were. Were people putting their heads underneath? See, because I could just see that happening. Like some oh TikToker God, yeah. would see that and then squirt it right into their mouth. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. I could see that too. Speaking of weird things, and then we'll get into the news in a second. Uh, sure. You know, we have the Discord channel. I yes, set up a that thing. is a weird thing. That is a weird thing. I set, up a, <laughs> I set up a channel within Discord, within our server, to work with um, uh, the AI art, like OpenAI. And okay. so you can you can get in there now. It's a specific channel. So if you join the Discord, and it's free, you just get in the channel, and you can just type in things, and it'll generate art for you. It's kind of cool. Oh, just another art, thing. Like artwork. Okay. Artwork. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought art was like some acronym. You're like, you're like AI, A-R-T, and I was like, oh, Yeah, well, it's God, the- uh, I already don't know. It's those buses that, that run up a bell or a ball or whatever, Catella. <laughs> it's the art bus. Yeah. yeah. But if you're in the Discord and, uh, you know, you want to mess around with AI artwork, but don't really, you know, know how to figure it out, eh, come in the Discord. It's right there. It's free and it's ready for you. So what, I go in the Discord and I type, you make type, me You type Disney forward art? slash imagine and then a space and you write a prompt like, you know, 15 tacos riding a rhino or something like that and it'll generate it. Fascinating. Yeah. It's fun. You look disturbed. Are you in I'm just fact thinking okay? It- 
and yes, I'm doing. <laughs> I, I I got a whiff of my right pit, and uh, oh I had to sort goodness. of just digest that. Well, Jerry, why don't you go first, and then and then uh, it'll prevent you from breathing in your own funk. This is my big story for tonight. With the overhaul of Epcot waning, Imagineering is peeing on my leg and saying it's raining. <laughs> this is from an article in USA Today featuring okay. executive creative director of Walt Disney Imagineering, Scott Malwitz. Jeez, that's a name. I'm going to give you an advanced warning. I'm not a fan of this guy after this article. The article sort of I'm going to give you most of the article and then insert some of my commentary. Epcot has changed. Future world is gone. New neighborhoods are taking shape. And it's hard to envision what's next with construction walls obscuring one of the largest transformations in the Florida parks history. It's a lot for Epcot fans to take in. Meanwhile, it's not hard at all. The monorail goes above the construction walls. You can look down on it anytime you want to. It's not (laughs) hidden. Mark Walwitz says we're Epcot fans as well. I was here a couple weeks after it opened, first year, and I had the opportunity to visit, and I was blown away. Many years later, to be able to come back and lead a team thinking about how to set the park up for the next 30 years is just incredible. So he's pulling back the curtain for us, and he says in order to see Epcot's future, we've got to go back first, right? So according to USA Today, Epcot's going back to form. Walt Disney's vision uh, was an actual city. And Imagineers revisited his ideas for inspiration for the park's current transformation. So they're going back and looking at Walt's ideas for the original community of tomorrow to incorporate into the future of Epcot, which seems pretty interesting to me. And he says, we wanted to think about what were they thinking? What challenges were presented? What weren't we able to do that was part of the original version that, you know, that kind of like what we could do now? So that's got me excited. Yeah, that sounds cool, dude. The idea that Imagineering is going to go back to Walt's vision for this thing and start to steer it in that direction. Like, now I'm getting pretty happy. How does this manifest itself, you ask? Well, his first example is if you look at the floor of Creations Cafe and Eatery, which opened last year, you can see some of that vision in the renderings of the original Progress City. So... The first big way that they are steering this towards Walt's vision is the floor tiles in the quick service. Yeah. And they look like the the old Progress City model. That's wow. that's the big thing. Number one, right off the bat. Number floor one, tiles. look down. Yeah, look down at the floor and, 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 and think about what, what's not here right now. So automatically, I'm kind of like... I don't know if that's what I'd lead off with if I was making a community of tomorrow is the design of the floor <laughs> tiles. But I mean, it's important, sure, but uh, yeah, it, literally also, anything else would have been probably more well-received. Right. Unless they're well, starting low and ramping up. Yeah, they're not. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so also, having watched this transformation over the last 37 years, because it's been going on for literally that long – uh, these ima- this other Imagineer Zach Ridley is constantly showing us paint chips and floor tiles and st- and, and any like rock work and everything constantly. It's all he do- posts about. It's like, where are the rides? You said you were going to do new rides, new shows, and you keep talking about floor tiles and shades of paint. Like, I'm over this. So that's the first thing he says. Uh, then they talk about easing the brutalist design. 
One thing guests can expect is more open spaces like Walt envisioned for the residents of Epcot. Guests may already know. First of all, Epcot has plenty of open That's, space. <laughs> you got. Yeah, that knocked my jaw straight out of alignment. More open space. Are you crazy? There's too much <laughs> open space. Draw some, drop some trees in there, man. Good Have gravy. ballroom dancing in there. You can shoot a cannon off. <laughs> you, can, you can hold the Super Bowl in Epcot. Right. It is huge. Guests may already notice a shift away from what Malwitz refers to as, we need a big building, we need a big building, we need a big building, and that brutalist, brutalist architecture. What is this guy talking about? He's leading the charge for Epcot, setting it up for a future. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. What's brutalist about the land pavilion? It's it's meant it's built to design like to look like a hill, to look like a mountain coming out of the horizon. It looks like a really big greenhouse. And when you walk up to the land, there's actually a big opening in the roof, and up through that opening is where the trees grow. And that is meant to symbolize the theme of the land, which is symbiosis and our relationship with the earth and how it has to be kind of a give and take mutually beneficial thing. I don't see how that's so brutalist. Like, that seems beautiful and symbolic. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess you could think some of the buildings, like after Spaceship Earth, you know, the sort of gray angular there's a lot there is a lot of concrete i mean that's one thing that was really striking when i was you know passing that going to world showcase there's a ton of gray a lot yeah. of concrete it very much felt like you know soviet russia <laughs> but um you know have to like get to the checkpoint before i can get my papers over to get into to world showcase so maybe that's what it is but i wouldn't call it brutalist i mean that's like the term for that that you know, ar- architecture, it, yes. but I wouldn't call anything in there categorically brutalist, you know, because like brutalist is like, you know, eight foot, 10 foot, you know, story buildings entirely of concrete, maybe yes. small windows or whatever. It's like that yes. is not that. So I think he's being a little um, and harsh angles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes me think of Communicore, which is two circles half circle buildings with rounded edges, high ceilings, light, airy, glassy corridors. I'm not seeing what's brutal about that either. I do think that if you look up at the brutal, the definition, the true definition of brutalist architecture, I suppose that, that it does encapsulate a lot of the big buildings at Epcot, but they're all sort of telling a story. Horizons looked like a horizon line world of motion was a wheel like they're supposed to be sculptures that interpret the message that they're sending the living seas it curls and it has it almost looks like a squid from the top down and it has waves crashing on the front of it so i do think like technically brutalist yes just you know concrete brick exposed it's supposed to show the building materials there's nothing decorative about it i just think that these decorations tell their story well, what he says. I, sorry, I also, I, I think that that is that sort of aesthetic invokes part of the park as well, part of Epcot, and I think that's sort of the draw of Epcot. It doesn't really look like anything else, and yeah. the way that they did those designs, even though there's a lot of concrete, and you know, it could always be anything. Everything could always be improved, you know, except Main Street, yeah. Disneyland. Let's just be honest. 
But right. uh, so you could add something here or there, but I wouldn't say it needs an overhaul because it's brutalist and whatever. You're ta- you would be taking away the aesthetic of the last 35 years or however many years it's been open, right? That's that's what that's what the place is. It's synonymous, right? You think Epcot, you think it's concrete buildings and these cool angles and these cool designs, you know, sort of futuristic, but now it's like retro futuristic. And that's what you think about. I, I, I shudder to think what's going to happen with that. It's not going to be it's not going to be what it is now, which is what people like. Well, he goes on to say that the problem with brutalism is that unless you introduce the art piece, it just becomes a giant sculpture that you don't know how to relate to. I think that's what's happened with some of our buildings over the years. And now we're going back and peeling back. The hell does that mean? What does it that mean? Nothing. Peeling it's back generation. what? The I floor tiles? The, the, yeah. Well, they knocked down half of Communicore. My friend put it best. The only thing brutal about the buildings in Epcot is the Guardians of the Galaxy show building, the big rectangle. Hold on. I'm not ranting. Ooh, ooh, hold on. You know, they built a big blue box yeah. show building mm-hmm. hovering above the gorgeous architecture of World Showcase. I'd call that brutal. That's right. I wouldn't call the gorgeous geodesic sphere reflecting the sun brutal. How dare this guy? So here's what I don't like. Yeah. You're on the team, buddy. Don't, I'm sorry, don't shit on the, the artists whose shoulders you are standing on. You can take Epcot forward without very publicly going in the press to USA Today and bad-mouthing the work of your predecessors. And, by the way, something a lot of us really love and have been going to, and he's crapping all over it. I don't like this. Just say, here's the new direction moving forward. You don't have to talk about how bad what we had was. It, it, I mean, this place earned awards. These, these Imagineers were revered. And now he, they built a, and now they're building Guardian Show Building. Oh, you think that the, you know what was brutal? The Harmonious Barges. That was pretty brutal. Blocked all the sight lines. You could see all the girders coming out. I don't know. I think that's kind of brutal. So this is my issue with this guy. He says, Imagineers are removing physical barriers and leaning into the park's hyper, hyper symmetrical organization, another signature of Walt Disney's plans. This is precisely the opposite <laughs> of what they are doing. Even the concept art isn't symmetrical. Hmm. They had a symmetrical center. It was Communicore, two half circles facing each other. They demolished one of them. Now there is one. Then they built back a quarter of the other one, but it doesn't match the other one because the one is smooth and this one's all angular because it's cheaper (laughs) to build angular buildings than it is to build like rounded buildings. So I don't understand that. Like, how can you say that and then give me no example of where you've built symmetry, but I can see a million of where you've destroyed it. Maybe he means when he says lean into it, he means to charge at it, to knock it down (laughs) like a linebacker. That's probably what it is. <laughs> so we've got four new worlds at Epcot. One, well, one of them's not new. It's World Showcase. But the former future world is carved into three neighborhoods, World Celebration, World Nature, and World Discovery. He says, I think future world as a concept was difficult to understand. I think the only reason it became easier to discern is that it wasn't World Showcase. So bad concept, Imagineers. You yeah. sucked. You, that wasn't even easy to understand. It was totally easy to understand. Epcot was a showcase for prototype concepts. That's what it was. It's not that 
people didn't understand it. It's that these Imagineers weren't creative enough or funded enough to maintain it I think and take it forward. I think it's funding. I, I, have, I have a feeling it was all tied into how many guests went over there. Probably not a whole lot of people were going over there, so they didn't give them funding, and then they just went to someone else's bottom line. I just – he's – this – how can these Imagineers go out publicly and – just trash this park and the previous Imagineers. I'm actually shocked that this is even this is Disney being publicly allowing this. Is there no communications director? Probably not. I think they got fired. Um, That's right. That guy did get fired. (laughs) There you go. I wonder if I mean that could it could be it could very well be that. This sort of goes back to something I was saying on Thursday's show where Disney doesn't know what the fans want. Just, I think, inherently, they don't know what we want. You know, they're re-releasing the old Disney cartoons, but they're cleaning them up so they look they look like they're digital, like they look brand new. Right. So yeah. they're taking all, like, the little, you know, scrapes and stuff off the negatives, and the thing that makes it feel old and vintage, it, it's not like that anymore. It looks like you could just, you could recreate it in, you know, friggin' iMovie these days. It looks bad. With some of the merch, with with a lot of the merch. With this kind of stuff, with this weird concept stuff. It's like, what are, what... What what are we doing? Like Princess and the Frog, putting Tiana literally everywhere in New Orleans Square and sort of fundamentally changing the way that little neighborhood feels. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of stuff. So I, I wonder if this guy's just not terminally online on some subreddit somewhere and he, listening to people bitch about how Epcot looks or whatever and then thinks that that's the majority of Disney fans. They think that's what they want. Is oh, we don't go to Epcot because it looks terrible. Well... No, I mean you can say that about anything. Everybody can have an opinion about something, right? It doesn't mean that it's correct, except for ours. So it just—it almost feels like he's taking the, a small, a small section of the online community and taking that as gospel. Like, well, this is what the real hardcore fans think, and it's—it's it, it's not. I think it's the exact opposite. I think if you don't understand that park, this is the way you feel about it—that there's no symmetry, and whatever. And it's like, yeah. It's this, it's been the second most popular park in the world consistently for forty years, so I don't I don't really care who doesn't get it. You're there in the minority, right? I, the th- wildly popular park, right? I also think what is the purpose of this press? Ultimately, mm. I would imagine that they're sending Imagineers out and letting them get interviewed and doing all this because it's supposed to build publicity. I haven't heard any exciting detail. I'm reading you this article almost verbatim and then adding in my commentary. Have you heard anything that is making you want to go there? Nothing about these attractions. Nothing about – it's like he – so far the most tangible thing that I have been able to discern in this article is a floor tile and symmetry, which isn't true, (laughs) and a whole lot of bashing of what used to be. Right. So, I mean, they he does get into this Moana journey of water, which I guess is – he thinks is just so great. Uh, but he says, world discovery leans into Epcot's original themes of innovation and ingenuity with the added ingredient of adrenaline. <laughs> All three of its attractions get heart, guess hearts pumping. Let's energize ourselves about innovation, ingenuity, and exploration. He says, you get all that over there in world discovery. I'm sorry. The plaque to go into Epcot says, may Epcot Center entertain, inform, and inspire and above all, may it instill a new sense of belief and pride in man's ability to shape a world that offers hope to people everywhere. It doesn't say anything about Chris, Rat, Chris Pratt and a raccoon. So, yeah, nowhere in there's adrenaline. 
I think it's okay to not have adrenaline in every park. You know, there are there's right. something for everybody, and Epcot is that something for a lot of people. Well, if you are someone who has issues with motion sickness, mm-hmm. that entire side of the park is now off for you because there's nothing. It's just it's just thrill rides with hardly any education at all or even information. What are you what are you getting out of Guardians of the Galaxy apart from adrenaline? Right. I don't even understand the story. So he says, you know, we're uh, groundwork for continued evolution, but also keep it focused on our Epcot messaging. That's what we're working on behind those walls. So I don't know. That's what they're out touting this. I don't even really understand the point <laughs> yeah. of this article other than to beat up on the legacy of Epcot and anyone who liked it and anyone yeah. who created it. And, um, you know, also it fails to mention all the things that we didn't get that we were promised an updated China movie in the China Pavilion, an attraction in the United Kingdom Pavilion, a new play pavilion, an update to Spaceship Earth, the park's icon. I mean, a multi-level event and dining space in the center of the park. All these things were supposed to happen and didn't come true. We've got like two rides and a nighttime spectacular that they've already had to rip out. Jeez. The end. Awesome. Just completely <laughs> awesome stuff. I love it. I, I hope that wasn't too ranty. <laughs> Here's something that's not ranty. Jeremy, are you familiar with an actress, a little known actress called Jamie Lee Curtis? Ooh, yeah. I really like her. She was in that movie My Girl with Macaulay Culkin. Was she? I mean, this is years ago, opposite oh, okay. Dan Aykroyd. No, he yeah, dies. Spoiler. Oh, my gosh. Not Dan Aykroyd, Macaulay. Well, apparently, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and um, who else is there? Owen Wilson were in Disneyland uh, this past weekend to do some uh, some promo taping for uh, pre uh, promos for the Haunted Mansion movie that they're apparently they're both working. Jamie Lee Curtis is playing Madame Leota, so they were doing some press in Disneyland, and they were on a balcony. I believe it's the balcony above uh, for the Dream Suite. I think. No, that looked like the balcony to the haunted mansion. No, I don't think. No, I'm looking at I'm looking at it right now, uh, like a reverse angle. It's not that far in because you can see Big Thunder right off of it. Um, I think it's a Dream Suite balcony. But look at all that wrought iron work on the railing. Mm-hmm. Isn't that straight off the front of? I mean, haunted it, mansion. No. Oh, I mean, it. I, I'm, I'm sure it's the same. Um, is it? See, this is the thing. I I don't. It might be. I don't think it is, though. I wish I knew exactly where this was, but I. But it looks like more towards the front of Rivers of America, and okay. the Haunted Mansion would be. I don't think it's the Haunted Mansion, although it, it could be. You could be absolutely right, but I don't think so. I want to say it's the Dream Suite because there's like the crest in the middle of the filigree that's gold painted, and I think that's you know Roy and um, and Walt's initials. Got it. I think. And so that's gold in there. And I think that's what's going on. That would make sense. But uh, anyway, so she was up there hanging out and apparently she started interacting with theme park goers um, and yelling at them. Basically. Well, she's she's yelling about Freaky Friday, too. And so here's a here's a audio clip of the of the video. Who was she talking to? Is this 
I don't know how long this stupid thing is, but anyway, uh, it's Dream Suite for sure because you can see the line for pirates right there. I just saw, and also because now there there are some pictures of them in front of Haunted Mansion, and the wrought iron work is different. It's different, so you're, yeah. Okay, you're absolutely right. Hell yeah, dude! I'm super smart. Um, but apparently, she, when she's like chatting with these people down there, uh, you know, she's saying, "Oh, I played Madame the Order, whatever." Um, and then she, uh, someone asked her about the Freaky Friday two movie, and she says, "We're gonna make one next year." So you got a little uh, little inside info there from Jamie Lee Curtis herself, the Scream Queen, saying, uh, "Freaky Friday two is officially happening next year." And you know, uh, sometimes. Yes, there's times where you can really feel like casting is going to it nails it or it doesn't. And to me, this is obviously we haven't seen the movie yet, but I think it's perfect casting just from what I know of Jamie Lee Curtis. And she's great voice. I think she's going to be fantastic in this role. I would love to interview her. Um I would uh, I would love to do that. I would love to meet her. Sure. She seems she's like full of energy and she seems like one of those Hollywood weirdos that are just like normal people. You know, she just seems like a normal person. Like there's some people like um I can't think of anyone at the top of my head. Like maybe Bill Murray, maybe kind of, I don't know. He seems like weird and normally or like David Lynch seems like David Lynch all the time. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? There are people who are just like I'm just this is just me. Um but uh, Jamie Lee Curtis just seems like a person who gets on screen and acts and then she's done and then she's just like a cool person. But there's like there's people who are really you can tell that they're full of themselves like Quentin Tarantino. Uh, oh, yeah. De Niro, I think, might be that way a little bit, too. I can't imagine De Niro being just like a regular dude. Uh, no, N- Nicholson is would be one of those guys that I think it's just that's who he is. He's okay. just kind of intense all the time because he and that's why he's so great. He can just channel it. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. But yeah, no, she's going to be great. I'm excited for it. Owen Wilson? I don't know. Never really been the who, get, the best actor. Who does he play in this? I don't know. Hopefully the dog. Hopefully the groundskeeper dog. That'd be cool. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's take a quick break, Jer. Okay. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the news here. Hang on, everyone. Ears up in depth. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the newsroom on In-Depth. All right, welcome back, everybody. All right, Jared, what you got? Disney Parks blog is making us aware of the changes at San Francisco Square. <laughs> Have you heard about this? They're updating A little Pacific bit. Wharf. I don't know. Maybe we've talked about it. I, can't, I don't even I th- know what I've said anymore. I think we've talked about it when it was first announced, but we don't really know anything. I think the consensus was that we're okay with it, but... Also, why are you changing the location from an actual location, sort of, to, like, literally <laughs> nothing that exists ever in this park dedicated to the state of California? Well, but, but it seems that that's what they've done, right? right. Like, Paradise Pier. Yeah. Yeah, slowly everything's Pier. just changing to nothing that's ever been in reality at all. <laughs> 
which I guess is fine. Uh, you know, I guess. I mean, go ahead. Sorry. I know. I I kind of feel the same way you do. But anyway, that's what's happening. If you were a fan of Pacific Wharf, which is basically just a food court, yeah, which is yeah. fine. We all need we need a food court. You have to. If you're gonna have a food court, have a themed one. So great, Pacific Wharf. Uh, food was pretty good there. It was, it's the yeah. area. If you're not familiar with Pacific Wharf, where the Boudin Bakery and its famous free samples of sourdough bread were given out. <laughs> famous free samples, right? I feel like that was like the big deal there. Oh, we're gonna go yeah. get the samples. Uh, because you get the the bread tour or something, and uh, you know, there's a Giardelli's over there. Well, it's being being rethemed, as we said, from Pacific Wharf to San Francisco, which is the setting for Disney's Big Hero Six movie, which came out a few years ago, which I really actually really like. Which is surprising because I generally don't like any of their movies. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got some more details coming out today or this week from the Disney Parks blog. There's new menu offerings will be coming to the food eateries starting as early as July, which really is not that long far away. <laughs> right. Right. What isn't already the 26th? Jeez, where did June go? Yeah. According to Disney Parks blog, you'll be able to sample new San Francisco selections at Lucky Fortune Cookery and the Port of San Francisco Cerveceria. Well, because uh, that's going to officially open. In the weeks following, additional dining options, unique shopping, and more will be introduced as the transformation of this thriving seaside plaza continues through mid-August. So apparently mid-August, this is all going to be done. I love love more places to buy the same stuff. (laughs) It's all the same crap. (laughs) I'm so so fed up. I'm so fed up with like just the, the, the choices that you have to buy stuff. It's all very cheaply made crap. At exorbitant prices. Yeah. And I'm not interested That's... in another shopping area. I'm really not. Do something else. Do give me a meet and greet. Give me a food kiosk. Give me um I, I don't know, something. Give me give me anything. Give me a locker to rent. But another another merch store? Awesome. Can't wait to be uninspired. There is going to be outside of the Hamada bot shop. Guests will be able to interact with Hero and Baymax, who will be there to say hello. So I, I guess don't. this is a character meet and greet. So okay, you, I love that. You asked, granted. I love it. All right. Locations across the area from the cappuccino car outside the San Francisco Gate Bridge to the bakery tour will be decked out in street art and colorful banners celebrating the Big Hero 6 team after their victory over Yokai. Okay. I think that's very Excited garish, the- but that's okay. You looking forward to some banners? Sure. I mean, I I guess it's some it's something. Um, I have a feeling it's more of like to block the view from people trying to watch World of Color from the bridge. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just me. Next up is the San Francisco Makers Market, which will feature unique apparel, homewares, and more, featuring Baymax and friends. So. You wanted different stuff? <laughs> Apparently, this is going to be unique. Okay. All of your wishes are coming true in San Sounds Francisco. Sounds like it. I do hope it's it's a, a, a somewhat in the vein of that market in Star Wars Land, where things look sort of homemade and, you know, sort of like dumbed down a little bit. Is that Doc Ondar's? No, it's just like oh, the okay. open air market. Oh, got it. Yeah. That would be cool. Because that stuff is arguably like very unique. But if it's just another Baymax plush, I don't. I'm not. I don't care. <laughs> I have a feeling you're going to see a Baymax plush. Yeah. Maybe some other things in addition to, but I have a feeling that'll be there. Across the way, 
a vending machine will dispense collectible golden medallions featuring Baymax and other iconic images from San Francisco. They <sighs> released an article to tell us that there's going to be a vending machine. A vending machine. Like- and then we released a podcast to talk about it. <laughs> is that because like there's a lot of vending machines in Japan? Maybe like is that a, a thing? But a gold dispense a gold coin? I don't I don't know. I don't know. Back to my thing. I don't think Disney really knows what people want. I don't think they really are tied in with what with the kind of merch that we want or the experiences that we want. A vending machine? No one cares. Listen, Big Hero 6 is a great movie, but I don't think that anyone was clamoring for this. No, I don't think so either. I think the people who are excited for it um, like the movie and are excited for something new, but I don't think that they know what they're excited for. You know what would even be cooler than this is to like... You know, like I said, Japan has a lot of vending machines. They have vending machines all over the place with a lot of cool stuff in them. It'd be cool to get some, like, Japanese sodas or something like that over here. You know, the kind of, like, sour sodas and stuff that you don't get. Run those in a vending machine. Do something cool and automated, you know, sort of like that. But just a collectible coin. So cool. It's just easy for them to do. It is. And it shows. Well, as we said, it is a glorified food court. Let's check out some more of the offerings. Familiar favorites will be available along with new options, including Aunt Cass Cafe, which seems to be an overlay of the Budan Bakery, as they will serve soups in freshly baked sourdough bread bowls there, and more inspired by Japanese cuisine. Most, talk about the most uninspiring friggin' transformation ever. That's so like just low effort. It's such the most low effort. I mean, it makes sense in the theme of where it's like, oh, what's the bait? It's the bowl. You serve it in the bread bowl. But let me tell you something about San Francisco. The only place you can get like clam chowder in a bread bowl is at Pier 35, Pier 39. That's it. Like the tourist area. That's it. San Francisco is not, we're not all walking around eating bread bowls, like, you know, high-fiving each other, but on our way to go surf. It's not, it's not, that's not like an authentic San Franciscan experience is a bread bowl made. It's just not. So I don't know why this is like, so in some ways it fits like, okay, it's a San Francisco bakery. They're doing the bread bowl, like thing. You got the thing. Okay. Overlay it. That's cool. So you kind of keep the San Francisco, Tokyo mashup. That's fine. But I just, I don't know, man. I mean, I, 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 I can't, dude. That was, that's so, okay. I love it. Continue on. Old, an old fishing net tannery across from the cafe is being converted to Rita's Turbine Blenders, a giant drink dispenser offering delicious margaritas and icy beverages. Okay. Everything you say you want, I, I, I am, they're delivering in this article. <laughs> well, what they're doing is they're not removing it. Oh. The margarita <laughs> machine is still there. Yes, it's there. It's the whole thing. It's like the little kiosk oh. right in the middle. The bread bowl stuff <laughs> yeah, still there. That. Yeah. What else <laughs> is new? Let me tell you. If the if the uh, lucky fortune cooker is still there, uh, that's it. Case closed, man. It is. Okay. Is it? What's it called? I think that's not changing its name. <laughs> I think I I think I had that above. All right. Uh, um. Yeah, I think that's staying. God. Basically, this article should be like we're decorating. Yeah, it's an overlay. Um. It was that all Banners. the food. Was that all the food uh, updates you had? I'm mm. sorry I interrupted you, but I guess there's new menu items coming to Cochina Cucamonga and Giardelli Soda Fountain. Cocina, but co- yeah, co- Cocina. Oh. Cochina is uh, oh, that would the be like feminine, uh, feminine dirty. 
like cochino is like masculine dirty you know uh spanish has feminine and masculine words cochina yeah. is like cochina that's dirty oh. dirty that's dirty i thought know. that was sucia that's i think filthy cochina is like pig kind oh, of thing. They have yeah. more than more than one word for dirty sure why not but yeah just so you know well the dis- thank you for that spanish oh, lesson i appreciate welcome. it de nada the <laughs> The Disney Park blog ends the post by asking, and I'm not kidding, on a scale of 1 through 10, how would you rate your excitement? <laughs> I'm going with a solid one and a half. That's the end of the article. On a scale? Like, what are they doing? Because my, how could Someone... you expect me to be a 10? I'm, I would give a 10 if you were going to tell me that World of Color is coming back. A 10 is we're bringing back illuminations. A 10 is we're building a new roller coaster. A 10, I can't possibly rate the retheme of a food court as a 10. So don't <laughs> give me that option. The whole article when, reminds me of that South Park episode where everyone's just smelling their own farts because everyone's sort of dry, driving a Prius. That's sort of what it is with, with this company sometimes where they go, aren't you guys ramped up for this? We took one thing. And we're making it very similar, only with slight moderate adjustments. How excited are you? Yeah, nine? What What do you want from me? <laughs> I can't be that same level of excited for this as maybe the new nighttime show that's coming up. Like, I, I don't know. I can't do it. It's almost like words have a meaning, right? Yeah, it yeah. is almost like <laughs> <and> numbers. <laughs> Um, I would save this for a much bigger announcement. I would save that verbiage. Y- y- sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the mm. Mexican restaurant staying. It seems to be that way. Yes. Okay. From what I can tell. So, and what about Ghirardelli? That's gone too? No, that's staying. Okay. But they're getting, those two are there and staying and they seem to be getting some new menu items. It's it's just, it's very weird that only some of the things in the, in that Pacific Wharf area are going away. But they're not. They're getting rethemed. They're not really going away. But then most of them aren't. You get the Lucky Fortune Cookery, Ghirardelli, Mexican restaurant. That's all staying the same. It's only two things. It's just. It's like, are you changing it or are you not changing it? Are you retheming it or are you not doing it? You can't. You're just carving out some of it, but not anything else. Like, why not just do the whole thing differently? Just make the whole thing different. Why keep the well, same I guess stuff? Some. I guess some of those things already are th- still that theme appropriate also gear deli's branded so they'd have to break a contract so is boudin there you go oh wait but that's going away right or maybe there maybe that's going to be like sub branded in there i don't know it seems weird yeah it just seems kind of half-assed i don't know i didn't realize boudin is a thing yeah it's a company beyond there sourdough bread company well good job good boudin yeah boo to you mickey's halloween party Yeah, so I mentioned Jeremy on the last uh, Thursday show with Ryan. Uh, we talked about Genie Plus and what it is and how you can yes. you know, kind of scam free rides off it too, which is kind of fun. Um, and then the next day, Disney announced a brand new change to its pricing uh, for Genie Plus, but I think only in Disney World. So we're here to just make a little addendum for that. Currently, Disney World sells Genie Plus at a demand-based price no matter which of the company's four parks you plan to visit that day. That's something that's going to change, according to a memo from the company first reported on by Blog Mickey, which is such a good name. Quote, beginning June 27th, 
Guests at Walt Disney World will now purchase Disney Genie Plus service based on how they want to visit. Guests will be able to select either a single park option or a multiple parks option subject to availability. With this update, prices may now be lower at some Walt Disney World theme parks compared to others. Guests will continue to be able to purchase Disney Genie Plus service through the My Disney Experience app on the day of their first visit. Apparently it's a small change, but a meaningful one, as it's possible that if you're visiting a less crowded park and only that park, you can still buy Genie Plus, but at a lower price than if you were visiting, you know, Magic Kingdom or whatever. In theory, that will save people some money and slightly lessen the financial burden of visiting the parks. Oh, yeah, because $10 is really going to make a big difference. Uh, anyway. Wait, you're already paying so much more for the park hopper. I don't understand. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, weird. Um, but there you go. So Genie Plus is now uh, going to be uh, you know, park by park, it sounds like. And it's going to be tiered pricing based on what park you're visiting. Well, and uh, my other question is, is, does it mean that I'm – am I really saving money or are they just going to raise Magic Kingdom higher and keep <laughs> the other ones where it was? Like, yes. They just, they just fluctuate. Not necessarily – it's not like it's going to go below what it is today necessarily – Maybe it will, but I don't think that that has to be the way it is because it's dynamic. They can do whatever they want. Right. Well, and and by by how much cheaper? Is it five bucks? I I think this is some of the psychology of pricing definitely plays a hand in in what they set these prices at. Because if you you make the, uh, let's say, Animal Kingdom Genie Plus price too low, then you sort of question why is it so expensive at Magic Kingdom? You know what I mean? So I don't think they can discount it too much. They, the, the disparity between the two parks can't be that much. Right. Because I think it highlights how much extra you're actually spending. Right. You know what I mean? So maybe 25 bucks for Magic Kingdom and 20 or 18 for Animal Kingdom. That, that sounds, you know, that's fair. But like 10 bucks or more, I don't, it will never, I don't think it'll ever be that, that different. Well, I think people agree with you. I read a tweet. From user at NukuNuku29, who says no one in the Disney fan community should be applauding this change requiring park-specific Genie Plus upgrades. Rates for Genie Plus applying to a park hopper are already astronomically high. Also, going to a slower park is saving you, what, three bucks? Expect better, demand better. (laughs) Not happy over there. No, but it's true. Vote with your wallet. I got two brief updates here, Jeremy. One okay, because uh, you're all done, right? Well, I have a I have a brief update. Oh well, then go ahead. Give me give me your update, buddy. This is hot off the presses today. Also, uh, it's very scant on detail. But Run Disney changed their spring race. It used to always be a Star Wars race, and now they've added. It's called the Springtime Surprise. So every year they change the theme and it rotates. Okay. This year That's it is going to be themed to. Lilo and Stitch, and if you okay. they're, they're adding the Stitch Challenge. So if you do the 5K, the 10K, and the 10-miler, you get the Stitch Challenge. The dates have not been announced for the Springtime Surprise, but they will be in April of 2024. So this is just a little bit of a news update from Run Disney today. That's cool. I, I wonder if that's when the uh, Lilo and Stitch live-action movie opened, somewhere around that time, I would guess. Oh, that would make sense. And also they yeah. announced it on today, which is June 26, which is 626. And the reason that they announced it on 626 is because that's Stitch Day, because Stitch, I guess, in the movie is before he's called Stitch. His name was Experiment 626. Mm. So we got that announcement today. I did see some things for like uh, cool treats on the park for 626 Day. And I'm like, oh, OK. 
I don't know. That's what it is. It's all about Stitch. There you go. Okay, a couple of brief announcements. We talked about Elemental and how it didn't really do that well, that Pixar movie. Um, was it on this show or was it one of the other shows? Anyway, whatever. I think it might have been the other show, but it has it had a poor opening, right? Yeah, poor domestic opening for sure. Um, after two major studio movies uh, bowed last week, bowed, I don't know. This uh, session was one of... What the hell? This sentence makes no sense. This session was... One of holdovers for Hollywood with mixed... Oh, I think I know what they're saying. Uh, Last weekend's box office leader, The Flash, which had initially come in lower than projected, added $26.6 million in 78 offshore markets this weekend, dropping by 59%. The Warner Brothers DC Deep Universe title now counts as international runnings total of $123 million for 211 worldwide. Disney Pixar's Elemental, meanwhile, had better holds in its second frame, which is second weekend, I guess, sliding by just 18%. Korea is particularly notable with strong social scores, and this was up there. Anyway, whatever. Um, In regards to the full overseas session for Elemental, it was $31.3 million in 40 markets, bringing the offshore total to $55.6 million and a global take of 121. That's all. Basically, Elemental is dominating overseas. Not dominating, but they're doing great overseas. All right. So there you go. There's that. And apparently over on the uh, Marvel Studios side, someone shot down a drone. And I don't really, I don't really understand. This was above the uh, set of Disney Plus's Secret Invasion, uh, you know, set, I guess, or whatever. Okay. So what do you think? Someone was trying to spy on the recording, the, the, yeah. the making this, and they shot it? Yeah. Speaking with Entertainment Weekly, uh, Nick Fury actor Samuel L. Jackson revealed they suffered issues with fans flying drones over the set of Secret Invasion, seemingly in an effort to uncover and leak spoilers. The legendary actor added how they even, quote, shot one down and traced another back to its location of origin and got the pilot in question. He says they shot one down and they followed one back to where the dude was. They found him and yeah, they got him. Maybe that's why the, maybe that's what the Chinese weather balloons were. They were just trying to see what they're making in this Marvel slot. Yeah. Amelia Clark, who plays Talos's daughter, Gia in secret invasion added how her casting was followed by a terrifying video meeting with Marvel's security team that led her to be scared. Someone would quote, come and kill her. She says, I was like, I think a man's going to come and kill me if I say anything. What are you talking about? Eventually, she added that she chilled out, making reference to her time on Game of Thrones, how it just sucks when spoilers leak, although denied that she ever did the spoiler. I don't know. These quotes that the direct is pulling from is weird. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, um, apparently they shot a drone out of the sky over the set of Secret Invasion. That's wild to me. And like what someone was someone packing heat on the set that they were just like, I mean, I think they have, I think they have, um, this is probably the wrong tech, but like, you know, ultrasonic, you know, you can just disable it, like maybe uh, EMP, you point like an EMP gun at the drone and just like knock it out of the air. I don't think it's like an actual gun. We have, that's, that's technology that exists. Yeah. It's like military stuff. Yeah. And Marvel has it. (laughs) Well, I mean, presumably the security on set. Yeah. I mean. If Alec Baldwin can shoot one of his coworkers, I guess we could shoot a drone. Sure, these sets, it's a wild west on these sets. Anything could happen. I tell you, I'm gonna I'm gonna dress up as a drone and try to get on set. Let's see what happens. See what kind of gun they shoot me with. You dress yeah. up as a drone. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll hang you from like a rope. I would love. Like, that. I was picturing you like at the end of like a fishing pole, <laughs> and like me like send him out there. <laughs> 
All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I, I appreciate it. Um, I'm working hard to try to get some guests. That was the story I was going to tell you the other day, or before the before the thing. I've been trying to get Josh Freeze back on, and um, you know, because he's, he's he's a rock and roll drummer. He just got signed with the Foo Fighters, or signed. He joined the Foo Fighters um, as their drummer, and uh, you know all this kind of stuff. And I've been like emailing his contact and like, you know, hey Michelle, what's up? You know, just checking in. And for every turn the stupid music for like. I don't know. Probably every day, maybe at minimum four times a week. I think about that interview we did with Josh last year, and I think I like blew it. I think I did a terrible job, and I like embarrassed by it, and like I I, I think I did an awful job because oh. at one point he's like, "I gotta go soon." You know, we kept him for like an hour and a half, almost two hours, and I had told him like twenty minutes, and but he was just like rolling with it. Yeah, so I'm like, "Oh God, I screwed up." Um, Anyway, so then his, his his person just wrote back to me, and she was like, yeah, if you thought he was uh, his schedule was hard to, to manage before he joined the Foo Fighters, <laughs> just imagine what it's like now. But I will keep you in mind if he has something opening. I'm like, okay, phew, even if you're lying to me, I appreciate that. It makes me feel better. Some, yeah, some personal anxiety it. issues got lifted today, and I feel good about it. Well, that makes me happy. Me too. All right. I'll sleep well tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what is sleep? What means to sleep? All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, don't forget to go over to the Discord. Just search ears up in your Discord app or whatever, and I think it comes up. And Come hang out with us. And it's also in the link of all the shows and stuff like that, too. So check it out. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We'll see you.